0: hey this is michael emery thanks for tuning into the slow baja this podcast is powered by tequila fortaleza handmade in small batches and hands down my favorite tequila Slow Baja is brought to you by the Baja XL Rally. The Baja XL is the largest and longest amateur off-road rally on the Baja Peninsula. It's 10 epic days, L.A. to Cabo, back to L.A., mostly on dirt. For an adventure of a lifetime, you got to check out the Baja XL Rally. More information at BajaXL.org and on Facebook at the Baja XL Rally News and Support Group. It's coming up January 2021. Be there. Hey, this is Mike Lemery with the Slow Baja Podcast. I want to say thank you to everybody for tuning in. I've got a great guest today, Jax Redline, uh, Redline Racing out of Texas, is on the line. And uh, tell us, Jax, uh, most people start with how old are you, young man?
1: So I am 15. I started racing Baja when I was about 12 in a. uh, a turbo can-am and then we we literally raced just about anything you could think of race dirt bikes when i was younger um, and then went to go-karts and utvs and then we raced racing a spec truck for the past year and then this year we stepped up into a full-blown trophy truck at right below a thousand horsepower so we're racing some crazy stuff and loving baja
0: wow a thousand horsepower, 900 plus horsepower, 15 years old. So, um, do you have a regular driver's license in Texas at that age?
1: So what's funny is I, I got my permit right when I turned 15. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I can't drive by myself on the road yet. which is funny.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm laughing, man. That, uh, that, that just, uh, that just puts some crazy movies in my head about you taking the uh, driving instructor out for, a. uh, uh to get your permit
1: we've definitely talked about it
0: yeah hey uh i know that you got started pretty young racing in motocross why don't you take us back a little bit through the history uh of uh the brief yet long history of jack's redline and uh, where you got started racing and how that came about and, and your progression up to trophy trucks
1: for sure so i uh i was born in amarillo texas i still live here and uh, right I was about two years old my dad raced motocross all his life when he was younger and then so we he had this great idea when I was two to right over to like two and a half years old he was like hey I'm gonna get Jax a, a PW50 dirt bike I'm gonna put training wheels on it and I'm gonna tie a rope to the back of it so he can't run away from me so uh, I was two and a half years old riding this tiny little dirt bike and then we just uh, kind of, I had a ton of fun on that and pretty much never looked back and have been racing since then. And uh, I went to Loretta's when I was six years old, the Loretta Lens in uh, Hurricane Mills, Tennessee, and I finished fifth. That's like the biggest motocross nationals you can go to. What age were you, Jax? I was six when I went there. So that's kindergarten, right? <laughs> Am I right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love it, man. When I, when I, I was it. first like learning how to ride a dirt bike, I still had a pacifier in my mouth, and I was doing laps around the block. But um, and then I uh, we went from dirt bikes, and then just as you as you kind of step up the ranks in dirt bikes, as you're getting faster, and everyone you're racing with is faster, you're really pushing yourself. You start hitting bigger, bigger jumps, and you start crashing. It happens to everybody. And uh, I, I, when I started crashing quite a bit, it just got to a point where I wasn't even getting hurt as much, but it was kind of a, a fear of getting hurt. And um, we just kind of, it was kind of a story we had because it was crazy. There was actually, there was a kid who was six or seven years old and he, I don't even remember the story that good, but big motocross accident and ended up this this kid like got super, super badly hurt um, like spinal cord injury or something. And, um, I, my kind of freaked me out and I was thinking that was going to happen to me. So we ended up getting out of motocross when I was probably seven or eight years old. And, uh, we got into go-karts, um, like dirt track go-karts just in circles. And then we, everything we do, it seems like we can't just stay at level one. We have to go to level a hundred. We, uh, we ended up within like, I think it was maybe a year of racing some go-karts Um, We were at the Nationals in like maybe Louisiana, I think. And um, I finished top five there. And just then we got in some bigger go-karts and I just kind of got bored of driving in circles. And then my dad had this great idea. We were like, hey, let's go down to the local uh, UTV dealership. We picked up a uh, a non-turbo Polaris 1000. So we went to the little local track here in Lubbock, Texas, um, that's like not not too, too far from us, and we went to a little local race, and uh, kind of been hooked on that, and then we raced, and our buddies um, with Trapo Racing, Ernesto and Trapo, we kind of got hooked up with them, and um, we decided we wanted to go Baja racing, and we, uh, we were talking to them, because those guys with Trapo Racing, they've been racing Baja for years, they, uh, we, they race a Turbo Can-Am, and uh, we decided that we want to race Baja. So we were like, hey, Ernesto, how can we get hooked up and race Baja? We want to race the Baja 500. He was like, okay, great. You have a year and six months. We we're like, no, we want to go to the, like, this year's Baja 500. So uh, we ended up going to the Baja 500 that year. It was 2017, was our first Baja race ever. Um, and we ended up having no idea how brutal it would be. We went pre running and we were like, this is easy. We were in our Can Am having the best time of our lives. And then we went after all the trophy trucks, blown out the course, and uh, totally just blew us away. And then we've been racing Baja just about any chance we can get down there since then. And we've stepped up from spec trucks to trophy trucks. And um, now we're in a geyser, um, Abdali Lopez's old RPM trophy truck, which is, I think it's right above 800 horsepower. It's a small block. Um, two wheel drive it is the fastest thing i 've ever driven, and I love every minute of it
0: wow that's uh that's quite a that 's quite a quick uh progression and uh, without getting too far into the weeds on um, all the different uh differences in classes and trucks and this and that you 're at the top of the heap already at fifteen uh, yeah. in, it, up there with the big boys with the right equipment and um, at, at your age are you actually able to race the Baja 1000 yet or do you still have to wait until you're 16 to do that?
1: So I have to be 16 to race Baja so this year we're doing all the Best in the Desert series but we are we've been we've been since this coronavirus started we have gotten really into dirt bikes um, and so I have a, a KTM 350 and a KTM 450 and so We've been racing a whole bunch of local stuff. We just went and actually finished second at this at a weekend race here and um, not too far from us in Oklahoma, and I uh, finished second in the um, amateur and novice class, so we've been having a ton of fun on dirt bikes, but we're uh, trying to get hooked up with Colton Udall. Um, we went and rode with him a couple of weeks ago in, um, in California, and we're trying to set up a trip with Colton and our buddy Chris Phillips to go down and do a little, maybe a weekend Baja trip in the next couple of weeks is what we're trying to do.
0: Yeah, I hear things are uh, hopefully opening up in Baja soon.
1: For hey, sure. so
0: uh, we've already gotten to Baja, so let's uh, let's talk about what brings us together, Slow Baja and uh, you, Fast Baja. Um, <laughs> we, we met at the NORA 500, the inaugural yep. NORA 500 back in uh, October, and you were uh, right up there at the front of the pack, could've, uh, what, right on Larry Ranglund's heels for the overall, right?
1: Yeah it was crazy so we we ended up we were like door to door with like legends it's crazy cops racing team Larry Ragland we were with all the guys that I look up to Mark Post we were right right behind him and right in front of him back and forth the whole race but we ended up taking second overall and um, right behind um, Larry Ragland and that was my first time ever in a full-blown trophy truck so I've gotten a lot faster since then and so we're hoping maybe we can go to the Nora 1000 this year and kick some butt.
0: <laughs> so, um, what's that like for you when you're out there racing and you see the dust trail from the guy ahead of you? What happens in your mind? Do you just like, is it like fishing? You set that hook and you start reeling that guy in and you're taking those whoops a little bit faster and you're, you're moving? Or is it really you need to like uh, moderate? your desire to just red mist and overtake him at at any opportunity what goes through your brain when you see the the guy and you want to get him
1: you know i i want to say you just pin it and plow through everything but that's not really the smartest thing you do you listen to your co-driver you try to hit the corners as fast as you can um if you see some rocks try not to hit them but um you see some big jumps over to the side and maybe you can just hit everything a little bit harder than you normally would to get past the guy in front of you.
0: Hey, and your co drivers your dad, Shane, right? So
1: I will say, so I, I was doing the, at, at all of our spec truck races and UTV races. I was with my dad, Shane Redline, and we were having a ton of fun at it. And then once we got in the trophy truck stuff, it just kind of, he, he doesn't like the, he doesn't, he doesn't love how hard it is on you because you're just slamming into stuff at over hundred miles an hour. It was just kind of beat him up a little too hard. He wasn't having fun as much anymore. Is so he stepped up and he um he ended up flying around in a helicopter for a while. And now we're getting into the bike stuff. So maybe we'll race in different classes. But now Brian Hanson is my co-driver, and it is crazy how good he how good he is at what he does. It's it makes you probably fifty percent faster once I started going with Brian.
0: Hey, and um, backing up a little bit, I'm assuming that you were your dad's navigator for a bit, and then you switched seats either in a race or, you know, for the ra- next race. And your dad realized, oh, the kid's getting kind of fast. And yeah, your dad, your dad, let you have that that progression, and he moved to the other side. And now with the with the uh, the violence inside of a trophy truck, uh, he's smart enough and generous enough to have to have moved out and let a a pro jump in and help you get to the next level what did you learn from having your dad first driving you navigating and then you driving your dad navigating and now a pro navigator what what what's that progression been like for you
1: so i'll say we've talked about that quite a bit so uh he started driving us when we were just getting into racing some razors at like, I think I was probably 12 years old on my first razor, And um, we were going and we raced probably two or three races and me in the right seat. And then he just said, Hey, Jax, you want to try to do this? He wasn't expecting anything. He's expecting to be slow and not be very good at it. But I ended up not not being too bad. Our first race of me driving, I bounced off a rock and broke the car. But then ever since then, I've gotten a lot better reading lines and reading tree lines to see what the corners are going to come up and just being better at throttle control. And one thing that a lot of people tell you is I'm I'm really smooth when I'm driving where my dad just wants to throw it sideways for the camera.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, uh, I went to the Bondurant school many years ago, and there's a difference between um, what looks fast to a camera and what is fast on a race course.
1: For sure. And we raced some uh, some Lucas Oil stuff, like the Lucas Oil off-road. We raced um, Razors and then, or we were Yamahas and Can-Ams, and then right before we kind of got out of it, I was in a pro light, um, and it was always, all our guys that were out there being a part of the team were like, hey, Jax, you got to get on the gas. Your dad's smoking you. Then we'd look at the lap times. He's up top pinning it, but I'm down and being smooth, and cutting a whole second off the lap time every time around so um i've really learned to try to be smooth and it's big when you're racing a thousand thousand mile race to really keep your truck together because if you're trying to win you're not going to be able to win if you break your truck
0: yeah and so you've obviously everybody who does this stuff uh breaking down and crashing is is part of it um what have you learned through that adversity of you know the 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 excitement of of being on top being out front and then bang an axle breaks bang you hit something bang you roll you've done all these things what what's that like what what's how have you dealt with it and how have you and your dad dealt with it being uh in the car or in the truck together
1: so at last year's baha or not nora 1000 at last year's nora 1000 we uh on day one like seven miles in nora you can't pre-run so it just came up on me really fast so i was kind of going for the lead and um, ended up getting sideways and rolling down a hill and just like how it feels to know that you're not going to be able to like, f- even if you are going to finish the race, how it feels to not be able to win. It, it just, like, it's terrible because you're so excited. You're so pumped up and you were doing so good. And then another, another one was we were at the Parker 425. I qualified sixth out of all the trophy trucks. And then on the timer, you can still see this, I'm pretty sure, we uh, I think it was race mile like 50 or 75. We were running second out of all of the trophy trucks, which is like insane. Um, Brian was killing it on our notes. We were like maxing out every single turn, um, just flying. And then something little happens, axle breaks, and you're like an hour or two out down on the race after you guys come out and get you. So stuff happens it's a part of it we we know how it works but you're gonna you're gonna get lucky at some point and Baja's gonna work for you whatever you're racing
0: yeah so can we back up a little bit and just talk about how baja is different from the other desert racing that you've done in the states what is it Definitely. about baja baja just seems to loom so large what's that like?
1: So you go pre-run Baja, a lot of people that even don't race, still will go pre-run the course, and they'll just be blown away thinking, yeah, you could probably ride a dirt bike or a razor down this, how is a trophy truck that is literally like multiple feet wider than a UTV even fitting on this course, and uh, we're hitting trees on both sides, and it's just, it's crazy, because Um, Best in the desert is super super fun, but the courses are a little bit more mellow compared to Baja, and it's it's just a little different in the way you can see like how the pits are set up. Where Baja or where Baja, you can literally go pit on a side of a cliff, whatever you want. Um, Best in the desert, you have to go to like the designated pits. So it's just I think Baja is a little more wide open on like the rules, and when you're pre-running, you can take your Can Am on the highway. It's awesome. And then just pre-running, pre-running and racing, um, Baja, you'll come up on some locals that decided they wanted to build a huge jump on the middle of the road, and you are ended up hitting this nasty jump at, like, over 100 miles an hour. So you never know what's coming up on Baja. Best in the Desert and the U.S. races are a little more forgiving. You're not racing on into the side as, as many cliffs.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, again, getting back to the Noro, one, uh, Noro 500 – where we met, um, so first day you went to the pines and the bikes and the safari class where I was in my 50-year-old uh, land cruiser, we went uh, to Erendera along the coast. Next day we took the the trip through the pines and um, it looked like a herd of elephants had gone through there and busted that, that road up. I mean, you guys and, and we your were... trophy trucks really, really, it was some narrow stuff, some rocky stuff, some silty stuff and i saw your truck i think you're missing uh, most of the front fenders uh, on your truck so it's it's tough on a on those big vehicles as you said
1: i think i think that day we may have had to take the hood off because we were like it was so tight and sandy i think we may have had some problems but we ended up finishing and i think we i think we the nora 500 i think we came out physically first like almost every day um, but yeah, I remember the pine forest. It was like like I said, you're literally it's so narrow that you are hitting trees on both sides of your truck in the middle of the road. It's crazy. And that's just kind of how it goes. You're getting slapped in the face the whole time. Um, but that's kind of a part of it. And I, I try my best to be as smooth as possible. But it's it's hard when you're hitting stuff on both sides the whole time to keep your body panels on. But as long as the truck finishes, that's all that matters.
0: Right. As long as it finishes. Yeah, no, it's exciting for me to go through it at 25 miles an hour. You must have been doing 75. <laughs> <I'm running. laughs> oh, my gosh. Over 100. I love it, Jack. I love it. Hey, what do you do for mental preparation for this? Physical preparation, mental preparation. I, I've talked to Jim Riley a little bit about racing trophy trucks, and he realized he needed to step up his physical fitness to be able to survive racing trophy trucks. Uh, you know, obviously it's different for a guy who's in his 50s um, versus you, but what do you do mentally to prepare for this? And then do you have any physical fitness routine or any of that?
1: So I'll say, um, I, I'll say when we were racing the trophy trucks in the past, my uh, mentally I think it was really just getting your pre-run notes in and really studying the course as much as you can. Um, but up until like recently, we've been racing or riding bikes so much that I'm really, really like on bikes, especially in trophy trucks. It's brutal, but you're sitting in the seat just steering a wheel the whole time versus racing bikes. It's, it's a whole nother level. You're moving the whole time. It's pretty much like running a sprint race for the whole race. Um, but recently, I've really had to up what I was doing physically to be able to be good for hours upon hours at a time on a bike.
0: So you've had to actually uh, start some physical fitness training to be able to uh, survive that uh, physically.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, My main thing has been, we have a Peloton at our house, which is just like the, a bike, a stationary bike and just like being able to ride that thing for hours at a time. If you can ride a Peloton at like 160 beats per minute for Three hours straight, you can go race Baja.
0: <laughs> Three hours straight, I love it, Jax. I love it. Hey, Three so uh, back to Baja: horses, cows, burros. You see a lot on the quote-unquote race course. I mean, you know, the race course. You're out there in the on the track, uh, which isn't a track; it's a trail. Yeah. Tell me about some of the crazy stuff that you've experienced in a truck at speed in Baja
1: that's yeah that's definitely different than um a normal track that you go to at your local track where they carved it out it's uh trails that have been there forever but there is um we've had some gnarly stor- stories especially with fences we're so unlucky with fences there's been some locals that decide to put up the fence right right in front of us i think there was one at the Baja 500 where or, uh North 500 i mean where the where <laughs> a guy we were coming in i think it was I think it was the last day we were coming in. We were like 30 miles from the finish. We were so excited. And the locals like put up the fence and we were like, we can't slow down. We don't have time. Um, like Mark Post is like 20 seconds behind us. So you just kind of, you you have a trophy truck, you have a bumper. You just go through the fence and uh, report it to the officials and they'll take care of it. But um, fences have been a big thing with us. We've probably ran through 20 or 30 fences in our bar career. Um, but that's one. And then locals really like to throw rocks in the middle of the course. And, um, we, we've had one, um, more recently, not, not quite, not in Baja, but riding out with Colton Udall, um, in California, (laughs) these, these people built this huge jump, this huge kicker right in the middle of the whoop section. And so I was coming over at like fourth gear pinned, like leaning way over the back of my bike and just hit it, and I almost went over the bars. It was crazy, but Baja and all kinds of off-road racing is just insane. You never know what's going to come up. It's a lot different than going in a circle or around a track that they've set up.
0: Yeah, and so on that, do you ever see yourself getting into a car and actually driving a smooth racetrack, you know, like a you know, in an open wheel race car or in a sports car or making any of that progression? Or for you, is the adrenaline of being on the dirt so much higher that you, you couldn't see actually, you know, getting into sports car racing?
1: So I'll uh, kind of two answers really. Honestly, anything that goes fast and uh, just kind of is awesome. I really enjoy just competing and racing against other people. Um, but at the same time, I really like going really fast and flying through the air at over a hundred miles an hour. It's it's like my favorite thing in the world right now.
0: Yeah, and so on that, I've I've read that you're uh, skydiving.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so I went to Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. I think my first time, I was, I think, twelve or thirteen years old, and um, they hook you up to a tandem tandem parachute so you're hooked to like a guy who actually knows what he's doing um, and you're pretty much just waving your arms around being funny to the camera but that was my first time then we actually we went to the the U.S. um, parachute uh, I think it's USPA maybe I'm I'm pretty sure that's what it's called it's been maybe a year from now Um, but we actually went in front of the um, parachute uh, whatever the national administration of parachuting i can't remember it's called i think it's USPA. we went in front of the board and um we actually got a waiver to go skydive at a uh, drop zone in tennessee so pretty much i i I at 14 years old which was when i got approved a 14 year old got a (laughs) approval to go jump out of a plane by themselves which is absolutely insane we have we've just we're waiting to be able to go do it. We, um, we've been so busy with other racing and then it, it rains a lot in Tennessee. So we're just, we're still trying to find a good time to head out and go jump out of some planes. But I'm, I'm really, I really like that feeling just like flying. And I, I really like that. You get that skydiving, you get that jumping trophy trucks, you get that in dirt bikes. That's, that's like my, so fun to do.
0: So that's what I was going to ask you. What are the parallels? It's, it's right there. You're flying.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Wow. Um, so what's next for you this year, buddy? So honestly, we'll see. But um, our goal is to try to try to get down into some Baja some more and go kind of enjoy the, enjoy it on some dirt bikes, just maybe some cruise riding. Um, and then we're, we're going to be at the Silver State 300 in the trophy truck. Um, they just gave us a new date for that. So that's awesome. And then, um, we'll be at Vegas Torino and then we'll kind of see what's, what's back open and what we can do. But we, we just got some new, we just got some new bikes and actually road racing bikes. Um, and so we'll try to get adventurous into that and check that out and see how we can do.
0: You're going to drag your knee. You said you've got some road racing bikes. You're going to get out and drag your knee and go around there. <laughs>
1: That's right. We're joking wow. about it. I think I'm just going to try to drag my head on the ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Hey, so your routine, uh, Jax, your routine. Up. What are you eating uh, before you go racing? What, what do you do? Um, same thing every time? Different thing every time?
1: Eating so on the I road? Go- I know, like Justin Lofton, he always. I think it's. I think it's ham and eggs every morning. I we totally need to do that because Mexico food is so. You never know with some Mexico food. We've had some crazy food poisoning and stuff in the past. So we really need to get better at that. But really, it's wake up, eat some random tacos. Um, we're all all week pre running and stuff. We're all just eating at random tacos. But we normally like to go to actually like a more of a restaurant in the morning and go have some good food and um just try to not eat some weird stuff they'll throw you off
0: it'll catch you up catch up with you later yeah that's a yeah. tough one it's, it's hard really to get out of those racing suits in there yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay hey um I'm, I'm gonna let you go here in a couple minutes we're uh, we're rolling up on a half hour here uh, yeah tell me about your dad how's your relationship how did how did I mean, he was dragging you around uh, on a motocross uh, dirt bike when you were two or something like that, right? Like yep, you, said, and uh, you said jumping out of a plane tethered to somebody. You were tethered to your dad at two and a half. You've spent a lot of time with him in some very fast stuff, which can be super, super stressful. I don't even like driving with my kids when they're driving in regular cars. Tell me about your dad and what you've learned from him.
1: Yeah, so I must say I, I, I don't know that I could do it either. He's pretty crazy just trusting me in that much stuff, um, but I we like to say I pretty much won the dad lottery. Pretty much couldn't be any better. Um, he's I'm like, giving you that vote for sure. Yeah, you did yeah, win the dad 100%. lottery. I love it. He's, he's definitely the guy I spend the most time with out of everybody, and um, I just, I my dad's awesome. I get to do everything that we could imagine. It's just Everything that I really like to do, it's nice because we like the same things. And so we really, every time that we want to get into something new, we can do it together. And he's, it's awesome to get to spend so much time with him and everything we do.
0: And so you're, you're well on your way to being a professional race car driver. What's the process on that? How, how does that uh, go from amateur stuff to, quote unquote, turning pro? Explain that to me for a little bit.
1: Man, I don't know. I got to figure out how to make some money at this. Um,
0: (laughs) At at 15 checks. I love it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We have a, we have a trucking company in Amarillo, Texas that is pretty much covering, um, just about all of our racing. And so really it'd be awesome to become a professional race car driver, but I feel like that's really like, you get a lot of stress on your shoulders when you're trying to accomplish something like that. And, um, you see like sponsors pulling out and people's whole like careers are pretty much over. What do you do now, right? So I think honestly, what we're doing now, we are doing everything you could imagine. Um, Dirt bikes, street bikes, trophy trucks, UTVs, helicopters, uh, skydiving, whatever. We're doing so much stuff that really, I think it'll end up when I'm older, it'll probably be go have a ton of fun every weekend, do some crazy stuff, travel the world, and then go home on Monday and uh, do it all again the next weekend.
0: With a little bit of work in between at uh, Jack's Trucking. Exactly. Exactly. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up here, buddy. Um, tell me, when you're in Baja, do you have a favorite taco? Are you a carne asada guy or are you a al pastor or pollo? What, what, is, uh, what does Jack eat when he's at the taco shop?
1: So, uh, not many people know this, but, like, spicy stuff kills me. Like, I cannot eat spicy stuff. Mm. Something's wrong with me. I can, I, like, it hurts so bad. Um, so, my go-to is just uh, carne asada con queso y nada más. Just nothing else. Just carne asada and cheese. Good Love it, that. man. Love it.
0: All right. Well, let's close it out. What do you, uh, what do you have to say to your friends in... In Baja, trying to get their Baja fixed, listening to us here on a podcast. Um, are you going to be at the Mexican One Thousand in October?
1: You know, we'll, we'll I'm planning on being at the Nor One Thousand. We'll see what we can do. Uh, uh, check me out on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at J A X R E D L I N E. Jacks Redline. Um, we post there just about every day, and so you can see what we're doing on there. And uh, appreciate you for having me on. Hey,
0: yeah, I, uh, I, I don't want uh, people to miss you on YouTube. You've got a great uh, uh, gallery of videos there, too. I got to uh, watch a few of them to see what it's like to actually be in a trophy truck instead of my old hand yep. cruiser. And I do want to say um, thanks for making some time for Slow Baja. And do you ever slow down?
1: I, I, I like going fast. <laughs> We're going to leave it right there, buddy. Thanks a lot. All right. Bye, guys. Bye-bye
0: hey you guys know what to do uh, please help us by subscribing sharing rating all that stuff and if you missed anything you can find the links in the show notes at slowbaja.com. i'll be back before you know it and if you want to receive notices on new episodes please follow slow baja on instagram twitter and facebook for you old folks